I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to another Out of Spec podcast episode. You join me and Brandon Flash because yesterday on last episode, my dad and I introduced to you, in case you were totally only getting your news from this podcast right here, that Tesla has opened up their standard, calling it the North American charging standard. And what my dad and I discussed, if you didn't listen to that episode, was a high level, why are they doing this? How is it going to work? broadly, but I wanted to bring Brandon on, A, to get your thoughts as you're in the charging business and in the nitty gritty, but also B, to Mm -hmm. talk about the technicals, the specifics of the actual communications, the actual plug specs, the limitations of this. So Brandon, thanks for joining the Out of Spec podcast again and sharing your knowledge with us. Always have to be on here and talk about the nerdy charging stuff that no one else is. That's right. Well, it's so much fun because we're literally in a space of our own talking about charging, but it's the most important thing to EV adoption. And so I'm just Mm -hmm. always shocked at how little conversation there is about this out in the public. But I will say Tesla opening up their their patents, whatever you want to call it, just releasing Mm -hmm. the standards has just rippled through the entire industry. You have on one side, Tesla owners like, ah, told you so, this is the better solution, CCS game over, it's Tesla all the way, baby. And then you have the other (laughs) side of the equation, which is, hey, this is coming out way too late. You know, this should have been five years ago. We're already committed to CCS. Tesla should switch to CCS. And mm-hmm. I'd like to very briefly get your personal opinions about that, but mm-hmm. then most importantly, talk about the technicals of how is this all going to work? Yeah, I think it's definitely a huge announcement. Um, even though some of the Tesla people will claim that it's been open for years, it really hasn't been. It's kind of a prid quo quo or pro quo kind of thing. You give us this, we'll give you that kind of deal is my understanding. So it hasn't truly been open until now. And they posted the specifications, all that fun stuff. I mean, it's hard to argue that the Tesla connector as a connector itself is not better. It, it is, it's lighter, it's slimmer. It does DC and AC in one connector. 
but a lot of the arguments for the Tesla connector center around the user experience. And this announcement does absolutely nothing for the user experience. This is not talking about the Tesla plug in charge and being able to pull up to a supercharger, just plug in, have it recognize your VIN or vehicle or whatever the communication standard it is. This doesn't solve that. This is purely about the physical connector and nothing else. So what if you had this connector on an Electrify America, on an EVgo, it would be the exact same experience as if you were using CCS. And I think that's the biggest part that a lot of people don't realize. And, and we still need those same reliability user experience improvements that we needed yesterday when it was just CCS as the standard. And I think that's a really good point. It's a little bit of a reality check to the excitement mm -hmm. that I had with my dad on yesterday's show, which is you're absolutely right. If for whatever reason, you know, these just get, it's as simple as a cable swap, let's just say, mm -hmm. and we'll get into that in yeah. a little bit. You still have the front end payment systems. You still have mm -hmm. ISO 15118, which this supports, which is mm -hmm. a little bit buggy at times. We don't know <laughs> if it's going to support EVgo's auto charge situation. Um, mm -hmm. We know the current Tesla connector does, so we can assume this will. Um, but then it also opens up new features that Tesla hasn't had before. For example, mm -hmm. vehicle to X or vehicle to load, um, which I, they didn't specify too much in the documents. I think mm -hmm. they said more to come later on that. But that's an interesting one. So can you talk? I don't about necessarily know if that was a change, though. That could have just been an unannounced benefit of sorts of the connector prior and they just haven't talked about it before yeah it's very possible but uh, what i'm going to do is just pull up some of the documentation here so we can take a look at what's going on because i actually want to start on the ac charging uh mm -hmm. side of things now um when we ac charge cars with the j1772 protocol there's its mm -hmm. own signaling there's the own language mm -hmm. between it tesla already supports this language with an adapter um, but mm -hmm. is the native Tesla language the same as J1772? Uh, to my knowledge, they're using DIN 7121 for communication via the Tesla plug. But if it fails to do that, then it defaults to the low-level communication, which is the J1772 protocol, which is why J1772 adapters work. And it's similar to why you're seeing, if you plug in like your Rivian with the adapter, I know you've shown that in videos before, that it first faults and doesn't charge, and then you give it another 10, 15 seconds, and then it starts charging because it's falling back to that low-level communication. Very interesting. Yeah, I've always wondered what was going on with that because it's not even mm -hmm. just the Rivian. It just I just plugged in a Volvo plug-in hybrid. Same mm -hmm. thing, went red, and then went, oh, actually, we'll charge. You're good. Um, very exactly. interesting to see. And I noticed that Hyundai Kia Genesis vehicles actually like only one time out of 100 follow that fallback procedure properly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a really hard time getting the Genesis GV60 and Ionic 5 to charge on Tesla wall connectors with the adapter. But if I plug and unplug, plug and unplug <laughs> enough, eventually it starts to work. I never could figure out why. That's really interesting. I haven't experienced that personally myself, so I'll have to try that out sometime. Yeah, it's a really fascinating, weird situation. But I also just want to talk a little bit about how this plug is going to be implemented before we go farther. Um, the mm -hmm. whole idea with the standard being this NACS situation is um, Tesla is saying other automakers 
install our connector on your vehicles. We know mm-hmm. Aptera is going to do it, right? Even Tesla yep. charging retweeted uh, Aptera's post. So we know they're in bed together doing this thing. That's not yep. a major automaker. I would say that's not even a blip on the radar. I don't think they really matter. Right. Honestly. I totally agree. A cool product, but not in the grand scheme of the automotive yeah. industry. This is small. But as soon as I think a Ford or a BMW or a Daimler or a mm-hmm. Rivian puts something like this into their vehicle, then it becomes real because right now it's just yeah. an idea. It's just saying, Hey, here's what's possible, but it doesn't affect the consumer experience today at all. Yeah. Because I think until one of those major automakers does it, the charging networks won't care either. They'll just continue on their current path. And then if one of those automakers suddenly decides to use this connector, then it's like, Oh crap, we should probably be looking at this more seriously. Right. So it's going to be who's going to be the chicken before the egg here. Who's going yeah. to be the first one to jump in to go with the competitors standard. Mm-hmm. That's the big question mark, mm-hmm. um, because ultimately, you know, Tesla competes with everyone else and is saying, hey, use our stuff. Uh, you know, I well, think, I think Ford... it's also important to address that this doesn't talk about open superchargers. This doesn't just automatically mean that if you use Tesla's plug or NACs, as they're calling it, whatever, that you can use superchargers. Because so, that's not the case as at least how I read it. So it says here, similarly, we look forward to the electric vehicles incorporating the NAX design and charging mm-hmm. at Tesla's North American supercharging and destination charging networks. I'll believe it when it happens. Okay. I, I think it will happen personally. Yeah. We've seen it in Europe unfold. Mm-hmm. It's doing really well there. Of course, our market's a little bit different. Perhaps it'll be a limited subset. Perhaps those that uh, integrate the connector seamlessly, or I should say from the factory without the use of an adapter, mm-hmm. which I expect there to be an adapter to come down the line to convert this mm-hmm. to CCS reverse of what we have today. Um, I think it'll- We have to have an adapter, at least in the interim, because there are- not insubstantial amount of CCS vehicles on the road. Absolutely. And if suddenly an OEM decided, well, we're going to use the NACS connector, well, there's going to have to be an adapter for any of the stations that are rolled out with that. We already have it for AC charging with the third-party adapters that are a little questionable but generally work. Agreed. Uh, but we have to have the DC charging adapter because if suddenly Rivian decided, oh, we're going to use the NACS connector now, well, what about all the vehicles that are already made? They'll have to make an adapter. And that's not the end of the world. It's certainly inconvenient. I would probably encourage a retrofit option in a few years when it's more widespread, maybe. Uh, but they're adapter or it's going to be very challenging. Totally agree. So let's, uh, that's the like practical implementation. Let's talk tech mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously AC charging. What's weird here, Brandon, is mm-hmm. you can see here it says 48 amp AC charging. What's up with that? Which is because- really weird because J1772 supports 80 amps. That's right. And, and Tesla supports 80 amps. They were the first to support 80 amps. They actually essentially went outside of the J1772 standard which technically only supported 70 amps, which fun fact, that's why the Roadster original EVSE supports 70 amps instead of 80 amps. Yep. Um, to support and do that 19.2 kilowatts. Also interesting, this doesn't address three-phase compatibility at all, which I think is such a huge gap in North American charging. And yep. people argue that there's not three-phase charging at homes. Well, okay, that's fine. A lot of places don't have three-phase in Europe either. But there's still three phase at just about every commercial building in North America. 
right? We could have 22 kilowatt charging at only what 16 or 32 amps, something like that. 16 amps, really, yeah, yeah, which would really low voltage. greatly improve the economics of installing like large scale AC charging. And also, this is only allowing up to 240 volts. It's not specifically calling out up to 277 volts, which previously Tesla has supported. And I would really like because that would enable much easier AC charging installations alongside DC fast chargers. Because most DC fast chargers are powered by 480 volt three phase, which on a single phase or line to neutral is 277 volts. Right. The 277 so is really cool. Right. Yeah. I like the 277, but I've never been able to find an install in, in real life. I've heard of a handful of them, but they're extremely uncommon. I always try and be like, so I went to one, there was one in Reno. There had destination mm-hmm. chargers next to a supercharger. And I'm like, these must be the 277s. I'm going to try it. Nope. And now uh, it was 208. No. So, so the uh, one of the switchgear manufacturers that Tesla very commonly uses offers an integral step-down transformer as part of the switchgear to step it down to 240 instead of 208 so that you actually get faster AC charging. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so I uh, totally agree on all AC points, but I think that's really mm, probably not the main point of this conversation. That's basically already existed. That's, you can, we have backwards compatibility, Mm -hmm. no major deal. The only major deal here is, this 48 amp limitation, which, um, and it's also really weird that they would roll out their J1772 gen three wall connector for public availability. What was that? Like two or three weeks prior to this announcement? Yes. I think that's a little strange. Yes. Very weird. So, um, let's see, let's go over to the DC charging connector. This is what we're familiar with as a supercharging Mm -hmm. handle or cable, what is going on here? Because my understanding up until today was that mm-hmm. the cable, or I should say the connector was only rated for four or 500 volts DC, which it says right here, but then there's mm-hmm. an additional thousand volt rated connector. What's up with this? So I think that's actually the biggest news today is that Tesla is finally announcing that they actually do have a higher voltage rated cable, which means that most likely the Cybertruck, if when it maybe exists, is possibly going to be 800 or 1,000 volts or maybe a 1,000 volt max and 800 nominal or something like that. It also um, means that the semi, which uses one mm-hmm. megawatt charging, does that mean that th- that uses this connector? I would say unlikely because okay. the pictures that we've seen of the semi connector are not this. They're a completely proprietary connector. But that could just be for testing. This is 1,000 amps and 1,000 volts. Well, actually, there's no current limitation. Mm-hmm. So they could do 3,000 amps if they really wanted to, in theory. Yeah, until they reach a temperature limit, which they defined mm-hmm. in this document here, which I really like. And don't you agree yeah. that that's the right way to do charging? Oh, yeah. I hate arbitrary limitations, especially when it is so limiting in that regard, because if you have a higher or lower voltage, your current's going to change, but that doesn't necessarily mean the temperature is going to dramatically change, especially if it's only for a short period. So... Moving on to the communications of the NACS, mm-hmm. is this using the Tesla type communication or is it using CCS communication in a Tesla handle? So my read of this, and I'm not an expert on charging communication specifically, it seems to use DIN 70121, which is the early CCS communication, but also supports ISO 15118. So 
DIN 70121 is actually the precursor to ISO 15118. It was based on kind of a pre-release of it. And that's what CCS uses today. That's why CCS can get state of charge and things like that, where you can't get that on J1772. Whereas ISO 15118 works on DC and AC, which is why it allows smart charging and features like that. And also and vehicle to X. It's important to mention ISO 15118. I think a lot of our audience probably thinks is just plug and charge because we reference just the plug and charge portion. No, there's, there's so, so much, much more. more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We should do a whole deep dive on ISO 15118, uh, maybe in a future episode going through mm-hmm. what everything it entails because it's a massive project. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily an expert on that. I know enough to be dangerous, but there are some experts that I can recommend that you have on the show for that. Very cool. So we should definitely have that. But the the thing is here, all right, so technically mm-hmm. speaking, could you – all right, so here's what I am guess I'm, I'm wondering. Obviously, yeah. the superchargers use this connector right now, or at least a Correct. version of it, not the 1,000. The physical connector. Yep, physical connector. The communication, easy for Tesla to change on the supercharger mm-hmm. side if they wanted to update it. Yep. Now, recently, we've seen Tesla ship with this CCS connector availability in the software page. For example, my Model 3 is too old to not be able to use the CCS Mm -hmm. connector, um, but Tesla said they're going to update the charge port on my car, a paid upgrade from my side, so I can use In 2023, maybe. Maybe. We'll see how that goes. Might be another disaster. Might be great. We're not sure. Um, But- then my Model S is like, I can use everything. It communicates on Tesla's mm-hmm. world, communicates on CCS's world, mm-hmm. communicates on Chatabo and auto charges and uh, doesn't have ISO 15118, but it has the majority of it's all of the standards out there. It's a unicorn of vehicles that can use everything, Yeah, which is super great. cool. It's a very yeah. unique position. It's wonderful. And but- I love that for road trips for that reason. But mm-hmm. if this gets installed at public stations, for example, if EVgo mm-hmm. decides to adopt this and to have one yeah. CCS connector and one NACS connector, does that mean mm-hmm. older Teslas won't be able to communicate with this? That's entirely plausible based on what I'm reading. Wow. And just to clarify, crazy. for EVgo specifically, because they have Tesla connectors today, those are through essentially a built-in Chatmo adapter. So that's completely different than this. Just to right. clarify for anyone that's maybe watching this but doesn't have a super market-specific knowledge base. Right. So they're using just – honestly, they have installed the literal Chatmo adapter. They just put a cable mm-hmm. extension on it. Yeah, I think they have some level of cooperation from Tesla to do that properly. Okay. But that's essentially what it is. It's a Chatmo adapter in a box on the side with a longer cable. Yes, it's pretty funny, but it's limited to 125 amps. I mean, it's all the limitations of the Chatmo yeah. adapter apply to that there. And it doesn't support auto charge. Well, yeah, that's right. No <laughs> auto charge on that, which is crazy. Talk but about confusing. Use, if you use the CCS adapter, then you can plug and charge at EVgo, which I'm going to have yeah. a whole video on coming yeah. probably in a few weeks when I get back from Norway. But mm-hmm. um, so that seems kind of crazy that to think maybe this won't work for older Teslas or you need a paid upgrade. That would be really confusing to drivers, I think. I don't think it's that much different than when Tesla switched from their modified Type 2 in Europe to switching to CCS2 in Europe, which I think Tesla actually should have done in place of this. I think they should have been the company that declared a global standard and made CCS2 or Type 2 or what it's called in North America for heavy-duty, medium-duty, uh, J3068. 
because that supports three phase. It's what Tesla uses already in Europe with no complaints that I know of. They have their own pretty elegant cable, has the same auto port opening. I think that is the solution that they should have announced today. Well, they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So one can wish. One can wish, sure. So what's going to happen to the retrofit? I mean, what are the possibilities here? Mm -hmm. It could, in theory, just be as simple as let's say Electrify America or EVgo or ChargePoint wants to adopt this standard and charge Mm -hmm. more vehicles. Let's say Ford says, hey, we're in, every one of our vehicles is going to have the NACS on it. We're ditching CCS. Mm -hmm. What are the ChargePoint operators who they have relationships with going to do to support their Ford vehicles? EA would then have to go and put new units in, or can they as simply as just removing the CCS connector uh, cable and then just popping on a new cable or is it as simple as keeping the cable and just changing mm-hmm. the end out? Huh. I mean, the second option there is pretty interesting because in theory it's plausible, but practically probably not possible just due to the cable sizing and everything. Um, most likely you would need a whole cable swap because typically even to replace a CCS handle, you have to replace the entire cable because it, the connections are soldered or cramped or whatever. They're generally not field serviceable. There are some new options that are coming to the market at some point that I've seen some rumors about that there'll be a lot more serviceable on the handle itself because that's what's actually getting damaged in the field. Um, But as long as the pinouts are correct, which it seems like it should be, it should just be a matter of a cable swap. Um, It's going to be interesting if there's maybe a market from Tesla themselves of cables to support specific chargers as replacements. That could be a very interesting opportunity for Tesla. Um, And you might start seeing DC fast chargers that ship without cables potentially and need to be field installed. Um, Or you might see that those DC fast charger manufacturers, the ABB, the FSX, all these companies... They might start developing their own uh, NAX connector, potentially, or cable with an X connector, or lean on those third-party companies, the Rima, the Phoenix Contact, the Sooner and Huber. And I think we're going to still see the similar reliability concerns that we see today, unless Tesla themselves are making those cables. Right. Well, we all know the supercharger cable handle, mm-hmm. that's the most robust in the business, but it's also the most robust because they're very short. And they don't yeah. really get dragged along because Tesla's all of their port in one location. Mm-hmm. This doesn't specify charge port location, does it? No, it does not. Not that I saw anywhere in this reading through the documents. And I'd probably actually be behind this like 200% if they were calling out a very specific charge port location. Because that would make it so much easier for everyone in the charging business if they specified either uh, driver rear or passenger front, because those are essentially the same. It's just a matter of whether you're going nose in or rear end. And that would have been probably the unifying thing we needed for the entire automotive charging industry. So that may have made more of a difference than the actual connector itself. Oh, I think a hundred percent. That would have been fantastic if they had done that. And because Tesla has that name and that, power essentially because of their supercharger network if automakers or if tesla had specified to automakers that you put your charge port location here 
and you can get supercharger network access as long as you use our connector or even via an adapter potentially. I think that would have been the thing that actually could make this successful. It might happen anyway. We'll see. But I think that would have really enticed the automakers to get all the consumers behind them to do Very it. interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. So just to, I guess to summarize this, cause we're running up mm-hmm. on time a little bit, uh, AC communication seems to be almost no different than what we're experiencing today. That's not a huge yep. deal. The big difference is okay. Limited amperage, which kind of puts Hummer EV Rivian future stuff kind of out of the question. I think we're going to yeah. see faster AC charging in the future. It could also mean more low power DC charging, which is very much a possibility to come into the future, um, which I'm a fan of. But actually, I think these are example specifications. This might not specifically not allow ADAMP. I think they're just giving the specification for Tesla's cables that they're already using. Because like for the DC cable, they're essentially listing the specs for the version 2 supercharger cable. They specifically did not share the specifications of their uh, liquid-cooled cable. Which is uh-huh. pretty interesting to me. So these might, and they have, so these might actually be cables that Tesla will sell. Hmm. Okay. Because there's What's three different lengths they... called out on the um, AC cable as well. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. What's weird is the cable has a uh, maximum elevation rating of 9,800 feet. I if That's there's... actually normal. Okay. But every, do you think every electric, some... every no, electronic has that, has an elevation rating because air becomes less dielectric at higher elevation because it's thinner. Right. No, I understand. But are there superchargers installed above 9,800 feet? There's got to be. Probably, but they derate. Oh, they just have a derate curve. Oh, I see. Okay. Makes sense. Well, it's not like a above one foot above that. You can't use it. It just has a derate profile. That makes more sense then. Okay. This is why we have you here. (laughs) So no, cool. Okay. So we get all the, all the cool stuff. That's interesting. So maybe the AD amp thing isn't a big deal. Um, It may just be the cable that they'll sell. Right. Sure. What's a bigger deal is the uh, DC charging side, which is Mm -hmm. like, they're like automakers come and use this thing. And that could open them up for Nevi funding potentially. Although you had mentioned to me that Nevi funding specifically calls out CCS uh, four stations of CCS yep. at 125 or 150 kilowatts. Yep. So the NEVI formula guidance from the federal government is four times 150 kilowatts simultaneous CCS. So a site minimum of 600 kilowatt. So and that actually rules calls out, out CCS. That rules out CPE 250 chargers, doesn't it? Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank the <laughs> Lord. Holy smokes. <laughs> Those things are the most annoying on the planet. I'm sorry. They work yes. great most of the time, but they just don't have the balls to pump the power. Yes, but a lot of the NEVI funding is actually being implemented at the state level. So the federal government put up guidance, but the states are the ones actually implementing it. So I guess we'll see the exact verbiage. Most of them are just referencing the federal government guidance, but there's also some ex- exemptions and then there could be waivers and there's all sorts of nuances to NEVI funding. Okay. Uh, interesting, but at least we know, like in my eyes, and I sort of said this last episode, uh, I would say 70% of our audience are in the, this is too little, too late. It's just, you know, 
a blip on the radar. This isn't really going to be a big deal or big news. It might be good for startups like Aptera to win over the Tesla community mm -hmm. to sell their products, as an example. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, is this really going to be the industry-wide impact that maybe I think it could have the potential of? I think it's like every day that goes by, it's going to be harder and harder to switch because more CCS vehicles will be produced and more CCS infrastructure will go in. So mm -hmm. sooner rather than later, three years ago, like you had mentioned, would have been the perfect time frame to do this. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance, even a small chance, that like Ford, Jim Farley will just make an announcement tomorrow and be like, 2023 model year, we're rocking this new connector and watch out world, we're in this with Tesla? I think generally my thought is it's too little too late, but there is that slim chance. And I think if Herbert Deese was still at Volkswagen, there's- yep probably would have been a lot bigger chance of Volkswagen implementing this of anyone. Totally agree. That would have been wild but, for all the U.S. Volkswagen products to use this. And I think it could have been a reality and maybe, but Ford is probably the most likely, in my opinion, to do this, but we'll see. Yep, totally agree. So at least technically speaking, it shouldn't be that big of a deal to retrofit the mm -hmm. existing hardware. Um, what we don't have is we have the Tesla to CCS adapter. The missing link here is the CCS to Tesla adapter to make this Correct. all work perfectly. That would give everyone more flexibility in this maybe transition, maybe not. Uh, I think it's a non-starter unless we have that adapter because you have to support previous product. There's no way you can do both. We need adapters mm -hmm. To get us adapters both buy. ways. Yeah. And it's, and it's a, going to be really annoying, but it's mostly early adopters still, or yep. at least people that are kind of on the edge of early adopter or encouraged by an early adopter, I'd say. But as we get towards mainstream, it has to happen probably in the next 12 to 18 months or sooner, or yep. at least some sort of announcement of this is coming on next model year vehicle. And we have to have those adapters or it just won't happen at all. 100% agree. So I'm looking forward to the future announcement of the adapter. The supercharger network opening up, I think, is a real reality. Yep. I think the NEVI guidance is going to change to say, rather than CCS specifically, Tesla is going to lobby to say, you know, anything that can charge more than one automaker, potentially. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's it's the Wild West again. That We don't know what's going to happen. But I'll tell you my dream my dream after hearing this is everything goes with this new connector because it's yeah. easier to use. Even from an ADA standpoint, uh, you had mm -hmm. mentioned that the CCS connector likely doesn't fit with um, American Disabilities Act because you have to grip and squeeze and it weighs more than a certain amount. And the Tesla connector may not either because there's a button that yeah. you have to squeeze up top, but it's much easier. But Oddly enough, fuel dispensers specifically, or liquid fuel dispensers, have a carve-out in, I think it's section 209 of the ADA, that mm -hmm. specifically allows them to not have to comply with that specific, or 309.4 is the specific section of ADA that they don't have to comply with. So, okay, could be interesting, but yeah. I, I'm just like this new wave of excitement. I'm like, if it's ever going to happen, yeah. now's the chance. If it doesn't work now, it will never happen in the future. And so I can only hope, fingers crossed, I'm a supporter if it goes through. I'm also a supporter of CCS. I just want one plug. And I think if we're going to yeah. choose one, the Tesla plug rocks. Yeah, I mean, I don't really care at this point. Just everyone needs to pick one and be done with it. Because I thought yep. we had the settled on CCS aside from Tesla. <laughs> and I thought we were like on the verge of Tesla switching to CCS when they announced the J1772 wall connector and then yep. came out with the 
CCS adapter. I thought it was like, finally, we have the groundwork for Tesla to switch to CCS and just yeah. be done with all of these conversations because it's so confusing to consumers because most people are still asking, well, aren't there like multiple plugs and how do I know which one I need to use? And then you have to have the, well, everyone except Tesla uses this one connector and it's settled, but now we're starting over-ish. But I would say the biggest thing is Tesla drivers need to tame their expectations a little bit because this is much more focused on the physical charging aspects than anything else. This is not Tesla suddenly announcing that any CPO can buy superchargers and suddenly have magical reliability because that's not the case. But wouldn't that be nice? Oh, I wish. I know. <laughs> Imagine this version three superchargers were just on the market. Yeah, I mean, at least the cabinets with the power sharing abilities, maybe some different dispensers themselves with the screen and credit card reader and all that fun stuff. Yep. But man, I mean, that would be a huge disruptor if that happened. That would be crazy. And honestly, I bet they're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. And they're probably going to be undercut everyone dramatically. It's just going to wipe the industry as it should because DC charging is ridiculously expensive because it can be because no one can mm -hmm. produce enough of this stuff. And it's just like, you know, you're having to spend more and more and more. Tesla's just going to be like, boom, everyone will go version three superchargers when that happens or version four at that time. Yeah, whatever it is, just some sort of supercharger. I mean, they have better dynamic power sharing. They just have better cables. They have thinner cables that are more malleable and deliver way more power that's 700 amps whereas others are way thicker and can barely do 500 amps continuous i hope tesla releases superchargers to the open market that's one thing i actually wanted to mention was that this standard we already mentioned doesn't have an amperage or current limitation to it but in mm -hmm. the documents tesla said that they've tested it i assume on cyber or on semi at mm -hmm. 900 amps continuous over 900 amps continuous with no problems and no liquid cooling on the vehicle side i would say that the most important part there is it's talking about the vehicle inlet side that said yep. nothing about the cable the cable is almost certainly liquid cooled yeah oh it would be 100 and it could have been in a lab environment. Okay, true. I agree. But I'm just saying they put but that still in there, cool. Still that very cool. Like almost double what the maximum of the current standard allows. I mean, and even if they like, do 600 continuous. or 700 continuous, that's still awesome. Anything's an improvement because 500 amps arbitrary is just silly. Because we it's, know those 400 volt BMWs and Rivians and all that, we know they can charge more if they didn't have that 500 amp limit. So I actually just want to bring up a point. Volvo with the EX90 and Polestar with the Polestar 3 are 400 volt systems that claim 250 kilowatt charging. Hmm. They must know something we don't. They must know something we don't. Maybe there's already automakers on board with this. Because I have some I friends in the industry so. that said they knew about this months ago today. Okay. It so, must have been a testable thing. Must have been a testable thing. I wish I went. Yeah, I wish I had gone too. <laughs> yep. Next year. Next year. That's right. Next year, we're taking testable by storm and we are interviewing everyone, even if they don't <laughs> allow us. We'll get kicked out. <laughs> well, thanks so much for watching another Out of Spec podcast. Brandon, thanks as always. We have a lot of follow-up episodes to do. I want to talk about V3 power sharing ability, yeah. cabinet to cabinet. I don't we'll think about many it. people know about that and so much more. Let us know in the comments down below how you think this is all going to play out. I think disrupts the entire game as to what the future of charging looks like in North America. Europe is set. They're sticking with CCS. There's no going back. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. still a chance here. So 
could be interesting. Thanks so much for watching. Join the conversation down below and on Twitter. Yep. Sounds great. See you later, Brandon. Thanks again. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.